Welcome back to another episode for the Accord Research Alliance podcast. My name is Nathan Maloney. I work at Living Water International. I'm excited about today's episode. I interview Luis Noda, who is the Vice President for Transformational Engagement at Food for the Hungry. And you might recognize that name um, because he was actually on a previous podcast, episode number nine, back from December of 2017. Um, which is actually our most listened to podcast ever. And so we thought we might uh, have him back on um, as a follow-up to that podcast. And uh, if you go back and listen to it, which I recommend you doing if uh, you haven't listened to it yet, um, in that podcast we were talking about how he was leading an effort internally at Food for the Hungry to develop further their theology of relief and development. And so he was walking us through that process and then also uh, what some of the core elements were um, related to that theology. And so it's a really helpful conversation if that's something you're thinking through as well uh, for your own organization. But uh, Luis and I reconnected at uh, the Accord Forum this past October, and he was able to kind of give me an update on how things were going uh, with the with a document again, which is called God's Story, and uh, so I thought it'd be cool to have him back on to talk us through what it's looked like to actually implement that within an organization like Food for the Hungry. And so, uh, so we do that. We talk through you know how that's been going, what they've actually been doing to train and teach on this uh, internally, and uh, maybe how um, it's already starting to influence the organization in different ways. So I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Before we get to that uh, here in just a couple seconds, let me first mention uh, just a couple housekeeping items. First of all, as always, I hope you'll continue to send us um, any ideas that you have for future podcasts uh, for people we should be talking to or topics you would like us to explore. Send that to ARA at accordnetwork.org. Um, we love to see those emails. The second thing is I encourage you to go ahead and mark on your calendar for the Accord Forum in 2019. That is starting on September 30th, so it's the week of September 30th this year, so it's a little bit earlier than it was last year, but that's always uh, such a great time to come together, network, share ideas, and uh, of course, Uh, As a research alliance, we are planning a time together as well to really dive into um, some monitoring, evaluation, and some research topics. So more details will be coming out soon on that, but uh, it doesn't hurt to go ahead and get it on your calendar. And then the last thing is you might have seen through an email, but we are uh, having a four-part webinar series starting on February 28th. Um, These are being led by Dr. Stephen Offit, who is on the steering committee for the Research Alliance. Um, But he'll be walking through um, kind of four parts of uh, what they call the Accord Report. And so last year, he led an effort to do research on different members within the Accord network. And uh, so it's a really fascinating uh, look at what uh, different organizations in the network are thinking And the first one is about accord and faith integration. So how are we as organizations integrating faith and development? So if you want to register for that, you just go to accordnetwork.org. 
www.ncpa.org slash webinars. All right, with that, we can jump in. Good. Well, thanks for joining me today, Louise. It's good to talk with you again. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Nathan. Yeah, so as you might remember, um, we last talked in December of 2017, and that's actually episode number nine uh, of our podcast. And so um, hopefully, if you haven't listened to that yet, I encourage our listeners to go check that out. Um, it was a really uh, great conversation and as you might remember, Luis, you were explaining um, kind of a bit about your journey, but then also really where Food for the Hungry was in terms of developing essentially a theology for relief and development for FH itself. And so you kind of walked us through some of the reasons for that and even what uh, some of the core elements were from that. And I believe where we left it off was... Uh, talking about how you were finishing a document and then would be uh, starting some training. So I'd love to hear kind of how that's gone, where you're at right now, if you've completed um, that document and uh, how that's been going. Yeah, thank you, Nathan. Yeah, thanks for picking up from there. Yeah, in terms of where we are now or what happened uh, after we spoke, uh, we completed and released the document. So you can find it at our public web page at fh.org. Um, yeah, the document's over there under, you know, of the title about uh, FH and then following up the links about our vision, purpose, and, and values. And... Uh, the name of the document is uh, God's Story, Our Foundation for Our Work in Relief and Development. Um, and we decided to call it as such instead of, you know, our theological assertions for relief and development. That sounds more intimidating, I think, and less familiar. Uh, the idea behind, as I have said before, is to communicate, you know, what's, the, what's God's narrative that connects uh, to what we do in relief and development, and in fact, uh, to to everything that we are related to, actually. And, uh, you know, it's that uh, redemptive nar narrative. It's that uh, cosmology, God's cosmology that embraces everything and provides meaning to everything that we want to tap on uh, from the perspective of, of working in relief and development. So after releasing the document, um, it had a very good reception uh, by our own staff, uh, first of all. And then we started sharing it with our partners, internal partners. You know, we have affiliate offices in different places of the world. And we started sharing it with, with them. And then started sharing it uh, as well externally with uh, other partners uh, as well as churches here in the U.S., and the reception has been very good. Um, so right now, and, and right after that, uh, you know, publishing and releasing the document and sharing it with others, I personally have been busy communicating it uh, through workshops and conferences conferences inside FH, and as well uh, a couple of them outside, in order to explain what do we mean by, by this document. And... Um, 
I think it's a great support as well for FH, um, for Food for the Hungry. As we recently, you know, uh, two years ago, uh, reviewed and renewed our vision, purpose, and values. Uh, we called that document, uh, and together with our strategic plan, uh, we called, you know, the compendium of those elements our heartbeat. So it's been a great support for us to kind of specify, you know, what are the things that we believe, what are the assertions that support our work in relief and development, that sustain, you know, our vision, our pur- purpose and values and strategic plan. And I am now, and we are now interested on the application of these theological assertions into everything that FH does. And I will speak to you later on, you know, on, on the next steps that we are taking in order to implement it. Um, but it's been a great uh, asset to connect and cultivate as well, uh, you know, partnerships and, um, you know, all friendships that we have uh, as an organization with other like-minded organizations. So, yeah, yeah, that's what we have experienced so far. That's great. Yeah, thanks for bringing us up to speed on on what you've been doing kind of the past year. And I do want to get to the application side of it here quickly, but... Um, before we do, just let me go back on a couple things there. Uh, the first is I'll make sure and put the link to the straight to the document in the show notes. So um, anyone listening to this can just go to the show notes and uh, click the link, and you can have you can get the PDF of God's story, the document. But um, one question I kind of had was: so you mentioned starting to roll this out, getting um, sounds like you did that through workshops and conferences you know, with staff. Um, I'm just kind of curious, you know, as you rolled it out, obviously you said there's good reception to it, but what would you say was maybe the toughest question uh, you got related to to the document? Yeah, I think that that's a very good question, actually. Uh, uh, for something theological to be appealing, <laughs> and especially among practitioners and activists like we are working in relief and development, uh, I think that the question that pops up in everybody's mind, and it was was kind of the first one to tackle, is how is this applicable and how is this helpful uh, to us? And you know, this is this is question. This is these are questions that pop up, you know, among our are, are, you know, boots on the ground, if you want to put it that way, uh, staff, people that are wrestling with projects and programs and implementing things at community level, at the very field level. And, um, you know, the answer has been, you know, okay, um, how do you understand your connection to the gospel between what you are doing and, you know, the, the big story of the gospel, um, how do you communicate or, you know, how do you connect what you're doing with your Christian vocation? Um, are you living a divided life in terms of, okay, this is my career, this is my job, and this is my faith on the other side, and both are separate. And I think putting that in that context and perspective uh, helped us and helped me to actually, you know, create a, the answer or you'll provide the answer to that tough question of how is this theology relevant to what I do on a daily basis? And then once we, you know, 
covered that question. Um, I think it's been great to see how these elements that we put together on those theological assertions become kind of a source of an inspiration for our own staff. Uh, because our staff, you know, uh, all of them are very committed to, to the work that they do. And uh, we have great examples, you know, of people among our, our staff that are very solid Christian people as well that are lovingly reaching out uh, to the most vulnerable in the world. And it's been fascinating to see how these elements, you know, provide an inspiration and, and you know, an extra uh, boost of strength and inspiration for them to continue doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that clarification has been very good. But that's the toughest, you know, first question that I've seen bubbling up you know how is this applicable how how is this helpful on my day-to-day yeah that's that's interesting and i remember um so i was actually listening to our previous podcast uh, on my commute into work this morning and and in there kind of toward the end you mentioned how um and i'm paraphrasing here but uh, essentially for you what's most important is that um this really becomes understood by uh, as you're saying now, the, the boots on the ground, the facilitators in the communities, kind of the front line um, of FH and the work that you do. And uh, so, yeah, so it's kind of been interesting hearing how maybe that's also been the biggest question is of how does this, how does this apply to our day-to-day work of implementing programs and projects and doing M&E and, and budgets and finance and all that, um, you know, on the day-to-day um, with the work that we do. So, um, but yeah, maybe you could tell us a little bit more now kind of getting to the application side here. Uh, you mentioned some workshops and some conferences, but I guess what else have you been doing to kind of, to, to teach on this, to communicate about this and really integrate this into the, into the work that FH does? Yeah. No, thanks for the question on the application. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I've been trying to pilot some applications into different areas. Of course, the most natural one is on the side of programs, and that's connected to what we do at uh, the very field level, and you know, uh, helping our beneficiaries and so on. I mean, that's that's the part that it's more obvious in terms of its application. But I, I have been very much interested as well on applying this into the different areas that are part of our organizational work. Um, so a perspective, a, you know, more overarching perspective on how can we apply these uh, to the different um, spheres and areas of of our daily work. So... So far, we, uh, we have piloted some application in terms of staff development, um, staff orientation, starting from there, um, campaigning, you know, the rollout of our new and renewed uh, heartbeat, our vision, purpose, and values, plus our strategic plan, and, you know, uh, yeah, mixing the, the God's story, you know, elements or these theological assertions over there. Uh, to sustaining why we do what we do. Then um, we also pilot uh, already connecting with some of our donor base. Uh, and we are in the process of releasing a series of blogs 
that will communicate with uh, our individual donors based on, on the document. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm helping reviewing the content and so on so that we can connect with them from that perspective. The other thing that we have been doing is um, uh, supporting an initiative as well in order to roll out uh, a series of devotions uh, that we have been, you know, producing internally for all of our staff globally. And there's a new series of devotions that we're releasing based on the documents uh, that will, you know, be rolled out for a year. And we're working uh, with another ministry that is helping us to do that. So the first month is in the process of being developed right now. And this is the connection between, you know, staff development and spiritual formation of our own staff at the, at the very field level. And then uh, finally, I'd say is uh, uh, that we have also some pilots in terms of communicating the, the, this document uh, to, you know, our, our churches uh, or our church partners in the U.S. And it's been quite an interesting experience with some of the partners that we already started communicating this with. Um, and uh, their response. Uh, I think that the, the pastors probably are the ones, uh, because of their theological training and so on, can get the meaning and uh, the message uh, better, I would say, based on our experience. And it was quite interesting to see their reaction of saying, oh, okay, now I understand why you do what, what, what you do as a, as a Christian organization and what you want to try to do as well. And that creates kind of a first start of clearing up expectations, uh, hearing comments like, oh, okay, now I see that you are more on the demonstration of the gospel um, and, you know, kind of adjusting expectations on the interaction between these churches and, and our organization. Uh, so these are the pilots that we've been uh, implementing, but the real next step uh, would be to develop a framework. Um, for lack of other words right now, we call it a transformational relief and development framework that we would like to you know, develop in order to guide us on its application and also monitoring and evaluation across the organization. So in order to do that, we will form a council among our own staff we might consider inviting a couple of people that are external to our organization and then use it, use that body of, of, of people to become kind of a think tank that would help us on applying these principles in the different areas of the organization. And then through that, develop mechanisms for us to monitor and evaluate how is it that we are doing, you know, an integral missions uh, approach or a holistic approach. Uh, ministry approach through the things that we are doing globally. I know it sounds very ambitious, but um, we're trying to keep it as simple as possible, and I think it's possible, and we've been, you know, playing with some tools um, um, in on the evaluation side that uh, are going to be part of the, of the things that we will be building up on in order to roll out uh, that framework. So, those are, in very general terms, you know, the next steps. So piloting has been, you know, uh, the, the thing that we have been doing so far. And in order to become more systematic, more, you know, all-encompassing the organization, I think that the next step will be, you know, this development of 
of a framework uh, that will guide us on on how to embed uh, these assertions and Christian principles more into everything that we do as an organization. That's great. And I w- I'm glad you went there because that was actually going to be my next question was, you know, does this document, does it serve a purpose beyond, you know, communicating and, and clarifying expectations and making sure there's a clear understanding and helping to motivate staff for the work that you do? I was wondering what the application would be to maybe to the programs itself and to the work that you do, you know, in terms of program design or program evaluation. So that's, that's great to hear about the, the framework. And I know at the last Accord Forum this past October, um, it sounds like you were able to, you know, have some conversations with people from different organizations around the idea of transformational uh, relief and development and what that might mean. So, so I look forward to hearing more about this kind of think tank that, that you're developing and, and what the results of that will be. Because I think, speaking for myself, I'm very curious about that uh, for my own work here at Living Water. But I can imagine other groups and organizations would be interested uh, in seeing that as well. So uh, what would you say has been the biggest influence so far on the organization? Uh, first of all, this has been a great reminder that as, as Christian ministries, as Christian organizations, we need to refresh and reaffirm our ethos and our beliefs uh, constantly. Uh, at least that has been you know, one, one thing that I have learned through the process here, and especially when you have turnover, you know, which is natural to, for us to have. There's new people coming in and so on. Even among, you know, old staff, uh, after rolling out, you know, the communication of the document and explaining it, you know, better and deeper, um, people coming back and said, you know, it's been great to hear back uh, these ideas that been around when I started in FH, you know, some years ago. And now they are being reaffirmed. They are being, you know, put together in a fresh look now and, it's been great. I mean, um, and and that serves the purpose of becoming a source of inspiration. Uh, one of the interesting things, if you allow me to provide an example, has been communicating this to our Korean affiliates. I mean, because there's a food for the hungry in Korea, and um, our office in Korea, they have uh, self-funded, you know, missionaries, missionaries and NGO workers. Both, you know, it's a symbiotic nature that they have that they go to to fields and work on a voluntary basis there and they brought back you know a group of people that been in some of these fields for three years so far kind of a refresher and debriefing with them and so on and it coincided with one of my visits so i shared the document with them plus you know providing them a kind of a going deeper into what does it mean and a couple of these missionaries that were relatively new to the organization, they came back and they said, you know, thank you for sharing that. And um, you clarified an, an identity question through this presentation and dialogue that you had with us. And I was like, uh, yeah, let me clarify. What do you mean by identity? So their their answer was, you know, during these first three years, um, I've been there, you know, working at a community level in these villages. But 
in my mind, I had clear the separation between the two things that I was doing. You know, I was a missionary, and there was the missionary type of work that I do. And then there was the, there's the NGO work that I also do because, you know, I'm part of Food for the Hungry over there. But I couldn't reconcile the two things that I have been doing. And it's been like, you know, the two things have been separate for me. Being a missionary, interacting with the churches and so on, and then the NGO work, either you're working on education projects or health projects or whatever the projects they were working on. But, you know, this these people told me, yeah, through the reading of the documents and the reflection time that we have had, I was able to reconcile both and put them on the same space. And acknowledging that both are part of my ministry. So that has been very fulfilling to me. And that was one of the lessons learned. That we don't have to get tired of going back to our ethos as a Christian ministry. And, you know, reminding people, reminding our own staff. Why is it that we do what we do? What inspires us? Um, and, uh, you know, that's one of the influences that we have had and that I, I was very glad to see as well. Mm-hmm. And um, as an organization, you know, as we were reviewing our strategic plan, one of our goals, um, in fact, we have two overarching goals. Is One of them is responding to human suffering, and this is especially applicable to emergency responses. But on the community development side, our goal is to graduate communities from poverty. And on this community graduation process, and this is where, you know, the evaluation and monitoring component plays a significant role, is how do we measure that? So we, we, we started thinking, you know, ways uh, years ago, how does this look like from a holistic point of view? So the development of this document of God's story is helping us to go deeper into that perspective. So it's not just the typical industry measurement, but it's, you know, it's an expression of our faith in the middle of that. So for our case, we have indicators that are looking at the visible side of development. And these are the typical indicators, you know, chronic malnutrition, access to water, you know, children enrollment into education, uh, dietary, uh, you know, diversity and so on. But it has the invisible elements as well. And on the invisible elements, we call them invisible. Uh, you can see, you know, the emergence of hope, uh, the capacity of people to serve each other, um, the capacity of leadership to serve their communities, uh, including, we included over there as well an indicator about uh, the transformation of our own staff as they are working with the beneficiaries uh, and so on. So it becomes a more comprehensive approach on how to evaluate the point where a community is ready to walk by themselves. So, um, yeah, that's that's how the influence has been, you know, yeah. Uh, coming up uh, through the process of thinking. So we made a lot of progress, but there's uh, still a lot of a lot to be done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big and important uh, piece of work, and so obviously it takes more than, than one year. And uh, I'm excited about the, um, you know, maybe following up on the, more on the M&E side. Uh, perhaps we can 
have a third episode uh, at some point here in the future, really digging into maybe more of the specifics around some of those indicators you're talking about, and uh, even um, hopefully maybe looking at some of this framework, the transformational relief and development framework that you were talking about, and some of the specifics and the mechanisms of of ME as a result of this. And I know that's something that within the Accord Research Alliance, you know, how do we measure that? How do we think about that has always been um, important questions and, and different groups are trying to uh, tackle that, that same question there, which is a, which is a tough one. So, so I think maybe we could, uh, if it's all right, we could look at doing uh, maybe another podcast in the future here uh, to dig into more details there. Sounds very good. Uh, for the next one, we can invite our global, uh, you know, monitoring and evaluation director as well mm-hmm. to be part of, of the conversation, yeah. so that he can explain with all the rigor mm-hmm. that it's necessary from the M&E point of view, what we're trying to accomplish here. That's great. Yeah, we can bring in the M&E experts for that one. Uh, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> um, great. Well, yeah, I encourage everyone to go check out this document called God's Story. Um, I've read it. It's a really informative read and great to see what uh, FH is doing, but certainly can be applied, I think, for many of our organizations. So check that out. Again, the link is in the show notes. But before I let you go, Luis, uh, I have to ask you. So last time I asked you, you know, what would be some of your top books that you would recommend uh, in general, but now I have to ask you, since we last spoke a year ago, what's maybe been the most interesting book you've read this past year? One of the things that I've been reading a lot, and the reason is because uh, last year I did a, a course, it's an executive certificate on nonprofit management from, the George, from Georgetown University here in D.C., so I cannot point out to one specific book that I've been reading, but I think it's been a great uh, opportunity of going back to the academic world and updating myself on the nonprofit side from the management point of view. Um, and, but uh, one, one, bit, one, one book that we are uh, you know, reading collectively as the executive leadership in FH uh, is, uh, is a book called Building a Better International NGO. Um, and, um, you know, the purpose of, of reading that is because we are thinking in terms of, you know, as we are adjusting to our new strategic plan, uh, and then, you know, with the, with the current circumstances that we have in terms of, you know, uh, our, our current, uh, uh, time and as well, the challenges that we are facing and, uh, you know, the trends that we are seeing globally and uh, the way that we're projecting our work for the future years, uh, we're thinking about, you know, what, what should be the structure that we should have, how to improve the processes and systems that we have in the organization. And, of course, this is all informed with, you know, from our ethos as a Christian organization. So the book that we've been reading, and it's not a Christian book per se, but it's been very helpful to us as a, a global leadership team, is Building a Better International NGO. Mm-hmm. And it's called Greater Than the Sum of the Parts. It's by James Crowley and Morgan Ryan. Um, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, I haven't heard of that book. So that's, uh, it sounds really good though. So that will be going on my reading list here. Um, but I'll also put it in the, in the show notes. So uh, link to that. So you, anyone else can check that out 
as well. And uh, I didn't realize that about uh, the Georgetown program and that we now share an alma mater together. <laughs> that's great. So that's awesome. Fantastic. Cool. Well, um, thanks uh, so much again uh, for joining us. And uh, until the next time we talk, I hope you have a good one. Yeah, thank you very much, Nathan. It's been uh, a pleasure as usual to talk to you. Yeah, well, have a great day. Yeah, thank you. All right, bye.